Hey Swifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is The Swiftcast. Coming up on this episode... There's a rumble in the jungle. It's out, released into the wild, the Watopia extension. Zwift creative genius Lloyd Murphy talks us through it. Group workouts. We look at the beta and visit a real-life group Zwifting session. At home with the Hump Day Ride. Behind the scenes with Australia's biggest and best. And we need to talk about squirrels. Well, one squirrel in particular. Uh, well, I'm delighted to be joined by my fellow Zwiftcasters, Shane. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm very well. The sun's out. The internet is large. I have more space. Yeah, things are good. Things are good. How's the new pen cave? Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. I'm just still setting the lighting up, so I'm drilling holes in roofs and... Adventures in DIY, Shane, and no end to your talents. YouTube is good for that. I've been on YouTube <laughs> how-to videos quite a lot. I understand my place. It is. It is. It's <laughs> really good for that. It's really good for that. And uh, Nathan Garrett. Yo, dude, how are you doing? Doing really well. Doing really well. Uh, just back from Long Beach, Nathan. Now, let's just tackle this now, where you got to see the extension before we did. Now, I, and John Mayfield came on Facebook and explained that it just was because you were there and there was no favouritism. But, you know, what the hell, Nathan? They're doing all this testing and, like, making sure that the build is ready to go. And so employees are riding the course you know what i mean to try and make sure and they're like doing all the things that they do to make sure that it's not breaking and so there are a few tests that got run and so i jumped in on a few of those and if you spend any time at zwift hq riding happens like lots and lots of riding happens so if it's sitting there jump on and test it for us um okay well uh it is an extremely busy episode we do have a lot to get through so let's crack on Okay, well, much more to come, as you would expect, on the extension shortly. But uh, it's so busy, we're going to kick off with a little bit of a kind of quick roundup, quick fire newsy section. So here we go. Uh, last year's Academy winner, Leah Thorvalson, has had her contract with Canyon Shram extended for a year. Um, if there's any doubt about Leia's ability or strength of character, I think this decision lays that one to rest. I'm really, really pleased for it. Well done, Leia. Um, Shane, quick reaction from you to that. I mean, that's just a huge achievement, isn't it? This is really good news. We spoke about this a few episodes ago. Would what would happen next year? Would she be sort of left in the, you know, hovering, looking for another team, maybe, or back to work? This answers the question, and it's uh, yeah, really good news to see. I spoke to her this week, and there'll be a big interview with her on the next uh, episode of the podcast. Um, huge announcement from Zwift. Two big Zwift-backed race series in Europe and in America, and they're going to culminate like they did in Australia with a live final. Um, Nathan, Zwift loves racing official. So I think that the e-crit seemed like a little bit of a like, hey, how's this going to go? It went really well, so it's like, well, let's go at it for the rest of the world. They are going to have this Ecrit series for all of all of Europe, but then with North America being such a large region, they're going to have it for each one of these time zones. You're going to again, just like we saw in the Aussie Ecrit series, the same people showing up week after week, kind of getting to know each other and race each other, and you'll create these cool hubs of racing then that can even spawn their own series then out of the community later on too. So really cool, really really cool. Yeah, yeah, and an interesting move. I mean, Swift thread the way more and more and more behind racing. Interesting to see. Um, this year's academies have reached their semi-final stage. 
Of the men, only about 12% who were enrolled actually graduated in the women's competition. It was double that number. Shane, why? Yeah, it really was. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe because it's the first time the men's has run. Uh, the women, I guess, have a, an established platform. They know what's coming up, a program to follow. Um, and I guess there's a, there's a lot of them who were doing it the second time around, so they know what was coming along. I think a lot of the guys jumped in and went, yeah, sure, let's do this. Let's get it done. And started off and went, whoa, hang on, there's a bit of work here and we have to schedule it in. And a lot of Zwifters are opportunistic trainers. They'll just jump on when they can. I'm the same. So I think it might be just a scheduling thing, but still 12% of around, was it 10,000 or so? It's still quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it was still quite a good number. Uh, there was a nasty rumour going around that an awful lot of people enrolled just to get that little green logo next to their name, but I think that's rather cruel. Ah. I think that's rather cruel. Uh, Zwift executive Mike McCarthy is a world champion for the second time. He was world pursuit champion in 1992, and 25 years later, he reclaimed the title at Masters level. Nathan, just a fantastic achievement, that. Yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, Mike is a competitor for sure. And yeah. I talked to him actually at HQ. And what was amazing is that the training he did for it, I think he said it was like 10 hours a week or something like that. But 60% or more was on Zwift. And he killed it, actually. Like, if you looked at the times, it was like... I think it was like a 10 second difference almost to second place. So it was like all of the rest of the field had gone and he went last and then he like just blew it away. And then it was like the first place and then everybody, it was interesting actually. So huge props to him. Uh, if you guys saw the pictures on social media and there, there was lots of big smiles and stuff. So um, yeah. it's really, really cool to see him go out and be able to take his uh, work and then like, excel within his work with his sport i think that's a really cool story as well yeah yeah uh, i know he did a lot of very serious training and i know he held some very very big numbers uh well done mike great achievement really great achievement okay let's get on to the main business and the main business is the ever-expanding Watopia. Um, in the jungle, the mighty jungle, a lion sleeps tonight. Uh, I haven't spotted any lions, although there, there is a toucan and there is a sloth and a rope bridge, fireflies. Uh, obviously, we've got quite a lot of coverage on the Swiftcast of this, but let's just get a really quick reaction first. Um, let me just state my quick initial reaction. I am going to be, I'm afraid, the Swift fanboy on this a bit. I, I think the detail of it, no, I mean, you know, I, the detail of it, and it's very beautiful, you know, it's, it looks absolutely gorgeous, and the detail is like nothing we've seen before. Anyway, Shane. What do you think of it? Initial impressions. Initial impressions, there's a lot of dirt, a lot of dirt. Yeah. Um, I think I said that a few times on my first ride video, that it's a road bike simulator and we're on dirt a lot. And I was on the Neo, which gives a bit of a grindy sound on the gravel. Um, but yeah, you're right with the graphics. I, I think one of my comments on the video was I almost clipped my beard on a sloth. Um, I don't think I'd ever be saying that comment any it's a anyhow that was kind of weird that's what happened a sloth was swinging down and I've got a big beard it's a weird virtual world I guess we uh, we enjoy um hill wise it wasn't a lot of big climbing um but it was lumpy um and that that big swinging bridge very very cool whoa that was real that was like oh that's looking pretty so I like it it's a good option it's a long ride out there 
Um, but it's pretty rewarding if you haven't seen it before. The level lock. Um, Nathan, let's just get a very quick reaction from you to the level lock. I mean, this is quite significant, not so much for the fact that you've got to be level 10 to ride it, but for the fact that for the first time ever, Zwift have related locking and achievement to access to the course. And that might be, you never know, it might be something we see more of. What do you think of the principle? I think it's a great thing, actually. I think uh, rewards in game for playing the game are great. I think there's mm. also um, something lost in just revealing everything at once uh, in the game and almost makes uh, the new sceneries blasé a little bit if you just have immediate access to them all, um, if that makes sense. So, Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, not not instant gratification, a bit of delayed gratification. And, and, and as you said, we are going to come back to this because there's, there's lots and lots to discuss. But first, let's hear an inside view. And I got the chance to talk to Lloyd Murphy. Uh, Lloyd is, well, he's going to tell us what he, uh, who he is and what he does. But basically, this guy is responsible for the look of the Zwiftness in its entirety, including the new extension. Here's Lloyd. Lloyd, a first-time caller. Um, tell us who you are, for those who don't know. So I'm uh, Lloyd Murphy. Uh, I'm the creative director at Zwift, so I'm responsible for the way everything looks, feels, sounds, and tastes. What did you do before you started at Zwift? I was at a video game companies. I've been at video game companies for you know since the mid-90s. Kind of a veteran in that whole thing. I've also you know, studied film and music, so I'm kind of I like to get my hand in everywhere, basically. Your Zwift's Mr. Culture. I hope so, yeah. Are you British, Lloyd? I'm British, yeah. I'm from uh, Lincoln originally, London for a couple of years, and my accent changed. Then I moved over here, and my accent changed again. Okay, I'm going to bang in straight with this one. Why the South American jungle? I actually looked at the original outline document the other day, and it's dated October 2015. So it's been a couple of years. It's been on our minds. The thing is, with a jungle or a forest, it takes a lot of polygons and a lot of uh, engine power to get that to work, especially when there's so many cyclists in a a live Zwift world. So, you know, as the engines improved, it's got to the point where we can actually pull off a a convincing jungle. Tell me why the engine has improved or how the engine has improved draw polygons to the screen. I don't know if you're familiar with polygons, but they're little triangles. And every 3D object in the world is is made from a wireframe of these triangles. So every single draw that it does is a single draw, and it all takes time. Yeah, as the engine updates, improves, and people upgrade their machines as well, we're able to draw a lot more of these polygons. So it just makes uh, the world so much more rich and vibrant. The improvement in, 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 in technical capacity has made more richness and more complexity possible. But I guess still, why why the South American jungle? Yeah, it's just a, a, it's it's the combination of that architecture, the Mayan style architecture that we all we all like that stuff. It's very it's very futuristic looking, considering it's an ancient thing, and then combining that with the actual jungle elements, vines and trees and all that stuff. It all just looks really nice. What's the process, Lloyd, for designing, you know, what is, I mean, I know it's an extension this, but it's effect, because it's such a different look, it's kind of effectively a new a new world for Swift. What's, what's, what's the process for designing a new world? 
road is always number one for Zwift. We come up with how long it's going to be, the character, the personality of the road, and how you know, what the elevation is going to be like. Is it going to be straight or lots of curves in it or a combination of the two? We use a, uh, an in-house tool, an editor that's a, a modified version of the Zwift software where you can grab these parts and move them around and you kind of manhandle these, these pieces and then you can add to it, take away, put intersections in. <clears throat> It's a pretty, it's a pretty involved tool, and it's a very, you know, it's a very blank canvas at that point. It's a road and some very basic terrain. Uh, then we make sure it's fun and it feels unique compared to the rest of Watopia. And then at that point, we get into uh, terrain sculpting, and that's essentially kind of terraforming with the same tool. So the trick there is that we've laid out the road to begin with, but we have to make it look like it sits naturally on a, an existing landscape. So we're, uh, we're pulling up hills and pushing down valleys and making islands and things in this tool. So it makes it look like the road was put over the landscape versus the landscape put around the road. This sounds to me to be a time-consuming process. It's, it's months and months of work. There's always little things come up where we kind of get excited about something. Go, okay, what if this road goes left instead of right here? Or what if we put a hill here? You often see people who say, uh, why does Swift take so long to give us new worlds? Why don't they just use a game engine like the rest of the games industry uses and they could knock out new worlds at the rate of about three a month if they really wanted to? Well, I mean, what's the, what's the kind of response to, to, to that kind of thing that you sometimes see cropping up? I'd say that our tools are actually comparable to a lot of the other engines out there. And in, in the end, it's just there's no alternative to hard work. Um, what's been the hardest bit, Lloyd? What's the bit that's taken the longest time or, or had the most rethinks on it? It's been the actual um, the jungle parts themselves. I mean, it's a lot of polygons. We, you know, we haven't really seen this density since. Uh, you, you were here for Jarvis, right, with the big redwood forest yeah, yeah you know that was an early attempt at doing a forest and you know just naturally it's a very rich detailed environment so for us you know for all we have these improvements in the engine it still has to work on something like an iphone or an ipad so it's lots of revisions and optimizations you know we get it to a point where it looks really really good but then we have to make it run really really well Zwift, of course, is a cycling and, and soon-to-be-running game. I mean, how much does that have a grounding effect on kind of flights of gaming fantasy that may occasionally break out amongst your team? It, it's fantasy fulfillment. Like the volcano, you'd never be able to ride through a volcano in real life. You know, people probably don't go underwater in, in glass tubes as well. So... You know, we're going to get bored of going in the same old places again and again. So it's, you know, there's definitely we're pushing towards more unusual, interesting places to ride and places you couldn't possibly ride in real life. God, years ago now, there was some software called Netathlon. And one of their courses, you could ride on the moon. I mean, you know, that's taking it to complete extremities. But would there come a point where you just said, or, or the the, the senior management team, as we've said, no, that's too much. That's too mad. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, it, it is possible to push it too far. But at the same time, I think, you know, we're always going to be grounded with with the uh, the enthusiasts and people that like the realistic side of things. 
but there's no reason why we can't do both as well. You know, Watopia is a, is a set of islands at the end of the day, mm. and the the actual locales change pretty quickly, and who's to say we couldn't have an island where there's something a lot more experimental going on? I mean, there's certainly talk about doing that, and I think, you know, Watopia just lends itself to that. If you don't want to go to the moon, you don't have to go there, right? Which feature, when we ride past it in the extension, are you most proud of? There's a couple of uh, rope bridges across a, a really deep chasm. It's, again, it's a, you know, going back to riding places you wouldn't in real life. I don't think many people would have the, the guts to go across a, a rope bridge. Yeah. So we have that, and that's pretty, that's pretty nice to ride across. And then there is a uh, big structure, and it's one of these Mayan temples very it's like a pyramid but very blocky and square and that's a, a nice set piece to ride by but the more eagle-eyed people might notice there's a uh, an unfinished road right there well actually on my list of questions which i will get to before the end is when does work on the next extension begin but just before we get to that let's kind of finish off a bit on this one do you get nervous before a big release like this Oh, yeah, every time, yeah. And we always wonder how it's going to go down. You know, it's always, we have no idea. And then, um, luckily so far, people have really loved what we've done. So there's definite nervousness around this release. I think, I, I think in the back of my mind, I think it'll, I think it'll go down well. But, the, you know, you still can't shape that nervousness. And I, I think it's healthy to be nervous because otherwise, you know, we're just doing the same thing again and again. Yeah. And when does work on the next one begin or has it already started? Uh, it's already started. Yeah, we're we're already underway with things there, so I can't really say more than that. This one's, this one's going to be interesting as well. This is something we haven't really done before, so. Okay, Lloyd, thank you very much for being so generous with your time and and giving us a real insight into how this new extension was created. Uh, great to hear all that stuff. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks, Simon. Interesting chat that one. Um, the thing that made me prick up my ears, Shane, was talk of experimental island uh what do you think place where they test all kinds of crazy stuff that would be really good it's software they can do anything they can make us ride upside down and loop the loops and rainbow roads and they can really they can do erg mode or non-erg mode or half erg. who knows it's all just software so i'd love to see something like that implemented and uh maybe just some crazy place and imagine racing through like zero gravity or something like that it's all possible so i can't yeah. wait to see what uh what may come of that yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk to, to Nathan in a minute about the more about this level lock issue. But can we just discuss dust? Um, I I've only ridden it once, and I got behind two or three guys, uh, and we rode around in a little pack as you do on Swift, um, and it was it was dusty. To be honest, it was dusty, and I thought to myself. Why are we obscuring all these beautiful graphics and this amazing landscape with dust? Now, I know they're going to turn it down for group rides, but is there an argument for turning it right down in, in normal use or even, dare I say it, getting rid of it altogether? The dust itself causes a few issues with frame rates, especially on older systems. Even my little Alienware's over here sort of bogged down a little bit in big groups. Um, yeah, it's a bit of an off-road simulator, the new course. So I think it needs to be just smoothed out. Maybe they didn't have um, paved roads back then or, you know, hard. Maybe we could just invent that mm. for them. 
And uh, yeah, just smooth things out a little bit. Or maybe a bit of rain could come in and just sort of yeah, taper that down a little bit. But yeah, the dust, there was a lot of it. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for me, it was the only kind of criticism I had of it because I, I, I think I think it's terrific. Okay, Nathan, the the, the level lock. Um, interesting. I mean, Facebook polls. I know, I know, you know, I know, I know, I know Facebook polls. But there was a poll on 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 the kind of principle of the level lock for people uh, over level ten, only over level ten getting access. And if you looked at it, the stats were massively massively towards all the positive options i think there were about 800 people who said it's fair it's fine don't stress about it and i thought there were about 100 people who said stuff like well i'm paying for this game why can't i get all of the game so to be honest i think the level lock debate has pretty much been had actually and i think you know uh the principle's been established i think the vast majority of people think it's a good principle there is one issue though and that is should it have been signaled in advance to give a chance to people who were on level seven or eight or nine the the chance to get the mileage in so that they could have got access to it immediately should have should they have given a bit of warning about it I think that's a hard one. And I think they thought long and hard about that as well. Like, how do we make this not such a a big hit without just telling everybody what we're going to do? Um, And and when it came down to it, it was like, well, we just do it. And then it just becomes the norm. I mean, having established the the principle now of of access to certain parts of the world uh, level locked, do you think think that's going to be extended? Do you think we're going to see more of it, Nathan? I sure hope so. I sure, I, I, re- I really, really do hope so. Um, I hope that they build more and more incentive for people to ride more in their program and to get the experience of unlocking and exploring new worlds. One of the, one of the best ways, and we've seen it over and over again, we've ad nauseum talked about how it's like the most efficient way to train. So for those of you who are like looking for the best training, this is more incentive to do it in the best way. And then on top of that, you've got people who want to get in shape who would just be encouraged to ride more. You know what I mean? Like it's a win-win. The new extension contained tantalizing hints of an extension to the extension. We've seen the usual signs. We've seen the construction traffic and our little road heading off into Lord knows where. Now, John Mayfield did hint uh, somewhere in the depths of Facebook that Zwift was, I think the words he used were, playing around with the idea of a very, very long climb. I mean, my views on this are well known. Uh, I think long climbs on trainers are boring. But but elsewhere, there was a hint that they may be doing this not so much for athletic reasons, as it were, as for strategic reasons. I mean, uh, Road Grand Tours have just released a new landscape uh they seem to be gaining mm. traction although they've got a long 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 way to go so do you think that this is a strategic move for zwift to introduce a very long climb not so much to enhance user experiences because i think it would appeal to a tiny number of people but to potentially see off rivals yeah i think so i think you're on the money there with only a few people actually ride up it like on a regular basis. I think everyone will try it once and not like it. <laughs> Nathan, long climbs, on trainers, boring. 
Is that definitive? <laughs> that, that's great, Simon. Well, they so, are for me. I mean, they are for me. You know, I mean, Zwift could find a way of making them not boring. They are good at kind of uh, finding ways of making things we thought were boring before not boring but i still maintain that a long climb on a trainer is just deeply deeply boring um now there are some people who will disagree but but it's something that Zwift have resisted so far do you think they're going to continue to resist that temptation and that pressure that you see from from inside the community to put a very long climb in no i mean i think that i mean it's been hinted at I think the RGT thing, there might be a market there that's really specific toward these iconic things, right? I think also RGT has a really good market for comparing yourself to pro times on a similar like iconic course or something. You know what I mean? So uh, I think I think that there's a very cycling market niche that they're aiming at right now and uh, that that is going to uh, maybe pull away from the competition, I would think, if they were to um, put some things in that were that, – that like I think the RGT thing is kind of hitting it on the head, actually, Simon. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if if Swift feel that they do have to st- – I mean, we know for a fact they're monitoring rivals. Of course they are. That'd be crazy if they weren't. It'd be really interesting to start to see if they are actually going to have to – react to what rivals are doing but i mean rogue rentals it does look interesting but I, goodness me i mean i had to go on on the new extension and and it was buggy i mean it was i mean i know they're a small team and and it's a very 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 early days and it's still actually in beta but it was pretty buggy uh not to do it down too much because um you know i think the more people who are active in this space the better certainly the better for the rider and the consumer it actually is anyway okay we as ever will watch for developments with interest now here's something that i think may actually have escaped quite a lot of swifters but i think is could be seen in a year or two to be highly, highly significant. I mean, there's tons of new stuff coming out of out of ZHQ at the moment. This kind of crept out, although crept out is a weird way to say, uh, for, to, to describe something that's actually on the front page of the website. But if you look on the front page of the website now, you can actually buy your setup from Zwift. So it's a, partner, a partnership with Cyclops to start with um, and you get this you get the entire package and you get it not from Cyclops but you get it from Zwift and there are easy payment terms so this is Zwift becoming a retailer a couple of clicks of the mouse easy payment terms monthly payments I mean I think that is actually pretty significant um, Shane come to you first on this um, it's an interesting one um, I wouldn't Though it appears to be you're buying from Zwift, I think it'd be dropship zero touch on their behalf. They do not want to become a warehousing company. Um, let mm. Amazon take care of that. Let someone else take care of the big physical trucks movements and logistics. It's a big task. Zwift are a software company, um, and they've even been they've even outsourced like even the headbands and things. They weren't on the ant sticks. They were somewhere else. Just dropship. It's just easier to do it that way. Um, this removes barriers. Um, my mm. Magnus video um, is probably two or three minutes of building the Magnus. The hammer itself doesn't come with a cassette, so you have to put that on. So people want to buy an experience. They don't want to have to buy a chain whip and lock ring tool as well. Mm. So this allows them to just be unbox it and go. Very Peloton-esque of just unboxing and go, but you've mm. a BYO bike. 
Good to see. Um, I thought they would have gone more Wahoo. Zwift and Wahoo have been very close um, from day zero. So Cyclops, was this a bit of a leg up for those guys to help them out a bit? I'm not sure. Um, hmm, Be interesting to see if they diversify the range because there's a lot of different trainers out there. So just to have one brand is interesting. Yeah, Hmm. Yeah. We shall see where it goes. Yeah, well, I think I I think that was an experiment. I do think it's an experimental partnership with with Cyclops. Nathan Zwift as a retailer is is this a good thing? I mean, does it increase consumer confidence to go to the Zwift website to buy your trainer and everything else that you need? I think that there's a couple of things at play here. The first thing I want to say is that reducing the friction as much as possible about setup. Click, buy, you can trust it. You know, you don't have to be walked through. You know what I mean? The whole setup besides like they have a very low friction, right? Very low friction on that then. But on the other flip side, they're keeping retailers happy though at the same time. Um, I don't know if you guys know about this. If you go to the new website, you can actually see click down here and test ride Zwift and Zwift.com slash Z-E-D actually comes up with all the different places that they're putting Zwift experiences in actually where you can go Ah. test ride Zwift and then go buy Zwift actually uh, not well buy a trainer setup for Zwift specifically on uh, you know at the local so they're I think they're I heard this before from Zwift I think somewhere was like um, how to play well with everybody in the sandbox or something yeah. like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and so I think they're trying to play really well with the manufacturers in these partnerships. And the Cyclops one is North America only. I'm pretty sure. Like, you can't take advantage of that one unless you're in North America. And so they're going to start not just doing this with Cyclops. I think I would think they would try and partner all over the place with everybody that they can play. And that's the same way they made their software, right? So that it's compatible with everything yeah. out there. So I think they're trying to be very compatible with all of the different ways the market can function right now, where it's like super competitive at the local, the online, and that's a big fight all over the place right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very good point, Nathan. Actually, and thanks for, for, for pointing that out on the website. I have to say, I, that, that's the first I've seen of that. I mean, there's so, so much new stuff coming out of, 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 of Swift so fast. Uh, it's kind of hard to keep up, actually. Um, and, and the website was completely redesigned as well, wasn't it? The, alongside with the rebrand. So there, there's clearly new content on that. It might pay for people, including me, actually, to go and have a bit of a sniff around the website and see what's uh, I don't even, I didn't even know how changed. to find that till this weekend. Shane, had you had you had you spotted that as much of interest? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I looked at the uh, the cat on the front page, and I kept diving past the cat uh, to see what was new. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness! What's the cat's name? What's the sloth's name? And I think we're going to talk about Scotty a little bit too. (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes, yes. I am going to. I am going to risk controversy by making a proposal about Scotty but uh, I'll we have will the cat's g- name by the end of the show <laughs> we will get to, we'll get to that shortly um okay well uh, as we've been saying i mean new stuff is coming out of, of zwift thick and fast as you would expect really as the training season really really gets going and another new feature which hasn't been trumpeted from the rooftops uh i mean it's it's noted and it's promoted but it's not really been fanfared if that's a word is is group workouts it's in beta 
um, but it's there. It's it's available in um, in events, and uh, I clicked on one and joined it. And here's my just really quick reaction to being part of a group workout. I joined a group workout alongside 50 or so other riders, including leading racer Kim Little and Charlie Eisendorf from ZHQ. The screen is the familiar one from workout mode, with the power zone graph running along the bottom. By the way, you can toggle that on and off by hitting G on the keyboard when in normal mode. But the big difference, of course, with group workout mode is that the group stays together. Swift call it a rubber banding effect, and even though the feature is still in beta, this just works. Obviously someone like Kim Little is a much stronger rider than me, and if he does an interval at 100% of his FTP, for example, he'd soon open up a gap. Not in group workout mode. Even though we're both doing the same interval, me and Kim and all the other 50 riders stay locked together. The only time you'd lose the group is if you stop pedalling. What's the advantage? Well, for me, it's mainly psychological. You're far less likely to quit on an interval in the company of others. It's just better riding in a group. As they say, misery loves company. But this looks just to be the start for group workouts. Nathan has been testing out group workouts with a live presence from him and Coach Hendy, former pro rider Greg Henderson. You get a workout, plus entertainment, plus insight. And if you've got the energy, you can interact and ask questions and get super useful answers. This is going to be transformative for training, but for now, this looks like a promising start. All the feedback on the workout I joined was good, and the feedback elsewhere after the ride was also very positive. Uh, well, while that video was playing, Shane, um, Shane has done, Shane has done like big research. We can now re- exclusively reveal, Shane, I believe the cat's name. This is the cat on the front page of the website. Yes, the cat's identification has been, uh, I've read the tag, I zoomed in. No, actually, I found out through other means. The cat's <laughs> name is Danny on the front page of the Zwift site. True story. And there was a backup cat called Dexter who was there in case Danny looked too impressed. Because if you look at Danny, Danny's like, <laughs> and that's what they were after. So there was a backup cat, so shout out to Dexter who didn't quite make the front page of the new Zwift uh, redesign. How do you know this stuff? Oh How do you know this stuff? Cat identities. It's still it's it's on the dark web. It's on the dark web. <laughs> In the dark web. Okay. Oh my god. All right. Okay. Back to back to main business. Group workouts. Um, Swift as as retailer, we were we were just discussing which was a development which may be seen to be significant. I actually think that group workouts. We're going to look back on the launch group workouts when they come out of beta as incredibly significant. I mean, like major, major significant for the development of the platform. And that's because I think in the fullness of time, we'll see the group workout model, the channel that Zwift used to challenge the current kings and queens of the spin class, which is Peloton. Is is this the shining path to the to, to, to a glittering future where Zwift overwhelm <laughs> overwhelm uh, the, these big numbers that, that, that Peloton claim to have got. Let's just give uh, viewers and listeners some idea of the, of the size of the opportunity here. I mean, a lot of people may not have heard of Peloton, but, 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 but they, they, they've got a kind of spin class based model, but here's some numbers. 
they raised over $300 million in their last funding round. Now, just to give some idea of perspective, that's 10 times what, what Zwift raised in their last funding round. The business is valued, the Peloton business is valued at close to a billion dollars, which makes it one of those rare beasts, uh, a startup unicorn. Now, the, these valuations, I mean, who knows? But, but you know, it's, it's what the industry uses. And, and if people get to a billion dollars, it's a big deal. Um, the bikes, the Peloton bikes, cost $2,000, $3,000 for the gym grade one, and, and it's 40 bucks a month to, to subscribe. Um, their last funding round included people like uh, the VC company, venture capital company, Kleiner Perkins. Now, their previous investments have included Amazon, uh, Electronic Arts, Google, Nest, Netscape, and Twitter. So you would think these guys know what they're doing, although you never hear about their failed investments, or, or, or much less, much less commonly do you hear about their failed investments. And they will have failed investments. Um, and Peloton claimed to have invented a completely new bo uh, business called Interactive Physical Fitness. Um, Nathan, if there is anybody poised, <laughs> better poised to go into a business called interactive physical fitness and challenge the people who claim to have invented it, I can't actually think who it is other than Zwift. I mean, Zwift v Peloton, it's, it's going to happen, isn't it? If it's not happening already. The sale up front, though, the fact that it's a bike that sits there and can't do anything besides sit there the fact that it's $40 uh to sub uh the bike costs way more than my 500 a $500 bike and a $250 trainer i mean i mean and i can do more things with those things it's just it it it, it doesn't add up as being competitive if it's presented well, you know what I mean? If you presented both correctly to the market and said, here you go. And really it was like full on and honest. You know what I mean? Like both of them were just, here's what we got. Honest face value, pros and cons. Zwift wins out in my head. So for me, obviously I'm a Zwifter. I mean, in my head, it just skyrockets. You know what I mean? In every way whatsoever. But I also think on the competing side, Zwift then on all of the uh, way that they move forward with branding and the way that they move forward with marketing out there is going to have to really push their story. I mean, the new developments that we've seen, group workouts, the extension of the academy scheme, um, the, the, you could see all of those things combining to to, 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 to give Zwift weapons in the armory to um to really go for Peloton. i i think personally i think it's going to happen um anyway shane how often have you been on the road and thought i wish i could swift i wish i could go to a gym and just hook up to a swift station and not have to think about it maybe only pack my cycling shoes I've used, uh, yeah, a, a spin studio up in Sydney. I've used one in London. It was the same studio, so it had all my credentials already there. Absolutely. Uh, we use another one in London North. Um, they're really, really handy to have. Absolutely. There's a difference between push and pull. Um, my explanation, I guess, will be around Netflix versus the cinema. Is Netflix having an impact on the cinema attendance? I bet you it will be because people get to choose when they consume not pushed at them. So the, uh, that's that's the friction point, I guess, for group workouts and also um, any sort of online coaching. It's pushed at you at a certain time and you have to sit there and attend at that time. 
we're used to pulling these days. It's the yeah, nowadays we pull content at our own time. So whether these things will take off, I don't know. They still have a place like the cinema, but I think it's more the Netflix model that you get to choose when to go and when you do your workout specific to you. Yeah, it's a good analogy that, Shane, actually. A really good analogy. But sometimes you, well, actually, you can with Netflix because you can take it with you. But, I mean, using that analogy, sometimes you can't be at home and you you have to go to That's the right. cinema. Uh, you know, you've got to go to the cinema to see what you want to see. Um, so, yeah, really good analogy on that. You might go to somewhere like a place I visited in Adelaide, which was where people uh, could go and do a group workout together on Zwift if they didn't have a Zwift set up at home. And uh, this is just a quick flavour of what it was like. A fairly frequent question these days for Zwifters is how can I Zwift away from home? Generally, the answer is that it can be a bit tricky, but there are an increasing number of small operations springing up all over the world where you can find Zwift in a studio setting. Adelaide in South Australia is one of them. So I'm running about 25 sessions a week at the moment. Studio owner Dave Parsons was an early Zwifter and he immediately saw its potential for use in a group setting. I had heard about Zwift, I knew about Zwift, I was very keen to start a studio and at the time people, indoor training was boring and I wanted to create something that was interesting. I started with a big setup with a big one big screen and then once I had the finances I went to individual and I haven't looked back. It's been excellent. It's going very well. We've had interest around the world. I've just been over in Perth. Uh, we've had a, a studio, a very keen business over there that's keen to start a studio. So we're uh, looking also to Melbourne, which will be our next venture, I believe. I mean, the whole thing about Swift is you set it up at home. So what's the appeal of coming away from home, training together with strangers, sweating in the same room with somebody you don't know very well? How, how does that all work? <laughs> Cycling inherently is a very social activity and you always do, almost always are you doing it with a group. You're doing it with someone else. We're tied in with a cafe here. You've got a coach here. You've got someone to push you. You've got someone to, to teach you how to use Zwift and uh, the, the number of uh, beginners who come here and they've got no idea how to set it all up and so we provide an opportunity for you to set it all up in a very controlled very easy environment. In a future world which may not be so very far away and there are hundreds and thousands of studios like this all over the world Zwift are probably going to want to start charging people a fee for the use of their software. I would actually love them to uh, produce a software for a studio, a Zwift Studio Edition, uh, because the, the main thing with people in the studio is that they pay for a subscription to Zwift and then they also pay for a subscription to come here to Ergo. These separate fees, so if we could integrate that somehow, I would be very happy. One of the things about Peloton that, that, that helps them is there, there is this kind of cult of the, the spin class instructor. Um, but one of Swift's own rides has developed a bit of a personality and a cult all of its own, and that is the Australian HDR. When I was in Australia recently, I went up to the home of the originator, uh, the keeper of the flame of the HDR, Tim Searle, and got a really interesting look behind the scenes as he leads one of the biggest rides on Zwift. From his home in Coffs Harbour, south of Brisbane, Tim Searle organises and personally supervises arguably one of the most successful group rides in all of Zwift. The Aussie HDR or Hump Day Ride is an institution and Tim is its guiding light. I joined him recently and inside his pain cave we started, oddly enough, 
with soccer. West Ham United, the, the Hammers, United. the Irons. That's, uh, that's where my family originates from. What do you do for a living? I'm actually a sewing machine mechanic, of all things. It's, it's a business. We've got a shop as well. We, we, we sell a little bit, but I spend most of my days tinkering with uh, small machinery. And uh, long-suffering wife, I saw, just bringing in, uh, carrying in a case of beer. I saw. I that's, that's great of her. I didn't, I didn't actually ask for that or order that, but um, it's most appreciated. And kids? Yeah, two, two girls, yep, um, nine and 13, both uh, into their physical culture, which is a, a sort of dance gymnastics sort of uh, thing. I want to see bikes in here, Tim. Try and ride as much as I can, although I seem to be on here uh, on Zwift an awful lot these days, but uh, I try and get out when I can. Yeah, I, I like bikes. Not long to go till the start of tonight's HDR ride now, and Tim's making final preparations. i just try and um, lay down a few of the uh, instruments Instructions for the ride, just the just the basic stuff, enough to, to get us off and going, just to try and get everybody not to fly basically. Got to start pedalling. 248 on the line. And so begins Tim's weekly battle against the flyers. What does he really think of them? <laughs> How honest can I be? They just they just make our lives so hard. If if they shoot off people that are fairly new, um, they they, they uh, follow them. They'll stretch everybody out. Um, and the annoying thing is on this ride is it seems to be the same guys every week. Do they stretch your patience? Uh, just a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more on the flyers later. But why does Tim think the AHDR is such a popular ride? I think it's um it just it, it's got something for everybody. We try and have the main ride that, that's sort of achievable for most people without being super tough or, or, or super easy so that people can get a good ride in, in a big group. People, people like to ride in a big bunch. Many people on the ride might wonder how Tim handles comms. I know I have. And it's really simple. It's very old school. Surely there's a better better way. I'm sure there is. I've tried lots of, lots of different things on the phone, tried smaller keyboards. I always come back to this, the old faithful. It's when I drop the keyboard, things get fun. That's happened more than once. So how are they behaving tonight, Tim? So far, so good. What do you think the best skill of a ride leader is? Probably the best skill, and the, the thing that I think I'm pretty good at is keeping an even pace. If you're fast or slow, even if you're riding slightly towards the front or towards the back, just squeeze up or down a little bit, and it seems to keep everybody together. One of the most striking things about the AHDR is just how many Australian flags you see on the riders' nearby list. Other nationalities are welcome, aren't they? Of course, of course. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, that was what it was originally designed for, was Aussies. But of course, everyone's welcome. Got a lot of Kiwis, a lot of, of Brits, depending on the time of year, and, and even the, a few uh, Americans. They do you think Zwift could or should do more to to help group rides stay together? Yeah, probably. I mean, there are a few things that they can do. Get get onto the flyers, and I suspect that would have to be a, either an automated message when they get too far ahead, or fixing their power until the, they get caught. You know, they come back within a certain distance of the leader. Even just automated messages or something might might help. But uh, some of those guys are pretty determined, so. Uh, but I, I certainly think it's the front that suffers most. The nearest the pin competition where riders can win prizes for being right next to Tim at certain points in the ride is a real feature of the HDR. 
try and do try and get it spot on if anyone ever asks I'll show you do a double tap sometimes and you get two within a millisecond it's amazing that, that group changes so quickly there we go and whoever on that screenshot is closest are the two winners simple as that what many people may not realize is that Tim's anti-flyer policies see his LTs or helpers scattered throughout the group keeping a close eye on things I've got a gang of about 12 and they'll sit front back or and one off with the flyers and uh, relay information to, to here through messenger text going as well because you, you you miss a lot so your your LTs are reporting back to you on a little private messenger group yes Phil's just reported 30 13 flies 25 seconds up which is actually pretty 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 good really we're normally 30 or 40. Well, you see, they're risking being public shamed on the Zwift yeah. test. With such a high-profile ride and such big numbers, Tim needs to be prepared for any problems like getting knocked offline. Yeah, I've got um, four substitute leaders all set up. We'll make sure there's always two riding. Um, so if I drop out and disappear, um, the beacon will just go to them and they'll carry on. We've, uh, it always runs. The HDR train always runs. Do you feel very protective of this ride, Tim? Uh, yeah, I do. It's my baby. When I started this, there was there was really nothing uh, in Australia. I've put a lot of time and effort, and I care about it. At the end of the day, I like everybody, especially Australians, just to have a really good experience. And that experience is heightened when pro riders like Mark Cavendish turn up. Oh, that was great. Yeah, it was his, well, it was only his second ride on Zwift and his first group ride. Uh, he certainly picked a good one the right thing right at the beginning stuck right next to me the whole ride I think he was actually leading pretty much coming into the sprint and just sat up just fair enough obviously had uh, Andre Greipel the other week it's always a thrill to see these guys and they're always very accommodating um, they're not elitist at all they're just one of the guys it's great and that's just about it for another HDR the only task remaining for Tim is to set the races off for the traditional after party it's always a bit hairy beautiful off they go and relax tough part of my job is done and that's that with the ride more or less done i wondered if tim had a message for the hundreds and hundreds of hdr riders who turn up week after week uh, i would just like to say i just most appreciative for you turning up every week um, it really makes all my hard work worthwhile put a lot of time and effort into this and I'm just pleased that everybody seems to enjoy it and everybody turns up week after week, so thank you. A Shane, it's just a great ride, isn't it? It's just a fantastic ride. There's something, there's something about the HDR. Yeah, for sure. We saw numbers of over 400 there deep in the Australian winter, but we're seeing other people on there as well. Simon, I've spotted you on that ride a few times, yeah, yeah. sort of hiding I away. I, I it's, always it's try to brilliant. do it. You can go easy, or even if the easy pace is a challenge for you, it's how long can you hang on for? And then that last lap, Tim sort of says, okay, everyone, go, go, go. And you can go as hard or as easy as you want. It just, it ticks all the boxes for me, actually. I quite like the ride. I really do. One of my faves. Yeah, yeah. The, the interesting thing that that I thought being with Tim was uh, just how much skill there is in being a ride leader. I mean, there's a real skill, not only to leading the ride successfully and keeping it at an even pace. 
But that whole thing about how you talk to the people on the ride through the text message system and the tone you do and when you talk to them. And of course, he's got these LTs who help him out and stuff. It, it, it was a real lesson, actually, on, on how to run a group ride. And uh, Tim Searle, uh, well done, mate. You do it very, very well indeed. And it's reflected in the numbers that that ride gets. Really, uh, really good ride. Uh, well done to all concerned. Okay, let's talk about squirrels. Let's talk about one squirrel in particular. Uh, so, okay, I, I, I think I might catch some heat for this, but the whole Zwift rebrand thing got, got me thinking and made me kind of look at what, what, what people call the brand assets. And one of the brand assets is Scotty the squirrel. To, to be honest, chaps, I'm not a fan. I am not a fan of Scotty the Squirrel. I, I just think he's kind of juvenile. And, you know, three three dreaded words occur to me. Microsoft paperclip. Um, so I, I wonder if if we should have a small campaign to to give Scotty a lifetime supply of nuts and send him off to... <laughs> some kind of forest and we just got a new forest maybe scotty could have a little home in the forest where 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 we don't see <laughs> where we don't see too much of him um shane have i have i lapsed into horrible humorless brit mode yes yes you have <laughs> i don't see scotty a lot uh, i i i ignore him he's sort of in my periphery every now and then but i ignore it just hook up my trainer and ride on i yeah not really he doesn't really he yeah, I was more worried about the sloth that almost hit me in the head the other day on the ride. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't cross your radar, Nathan. Does, does he? Does he irritate you? Am I? Am I too easily irritated? You know, Microsoft's paperclip was in your face all the time, always doing something to tell you what to do. Scotty, has, I don't know why Scotty like has like this special place for me i don't know what the deal is with that i like scotty a lot he reminds me of the banjo guy like I, you know like being an old schooler me and scotty been hanging out for like two and a half years at least you know like uh yeah so now when he pops up in the lower left hand corner to tell me something i can if there was an option to be like hey scotty i how many times are you gonna tell me that you know what i mean and that option was in uh, the Microsoft paperclip to be able to say, Hey, Scotty, shut up and go hang out over here. Yeah. Like, um, you know, that would be great. You know, my user interface, I've understood it at this point, but to help people out with user interface, I think there's some other things that Scotty can do too. Uh, well, I don't know about Scotty doing those things, but like the other day I raged out on ZVA about like going the wrong way because I wasn't being warned about like going the wrong way early enough. And then I didn't get the KOM on the Epic KOM from some robot who had taken it from me. And so <laughs> I was, I was like, and I slammed the wrong key a second time. And so I did three climbs up the Epic KOM and went the wrong way. If Scotty just would have been like, Hey dude, you're going the wrong way for this <laughs> achievement you're going after. What's up Scotty, man. Sometimes I need Scotty. He, he helps me out sometimes. I fear I may be a, a voice in the wilderness on this one, but I, I did pursue it. And, and having spoken to, uh, 
Lloyd Murphy uh, and Emily Mullen, both people intimately associated with the Zwift brand in recent weeks. I, I did just get their views on on Scotty the Squirrel. And this is what, what those two had to say. Uh, interesting stuff, I think. Um, we're playing and trying to figure out if Scotty continues to have a role. And if so, how do we make him not like the Microsoft uh, paperclip? <laughs> um, you know, we want him to be, if he, if he remains, we want him to continue to be helpful, um, especially as new Zwifters come on board. Um, you know, we're a lot more of a, a, a bigger product than we were three years ago when we first started. There's a lot more bells and whistles to the product, and it takes a little bit more navigation. So that would maybe uh, be an argument for why we would keep Scotty to help you navigate the differences between the different rides and different workouts and functionality. Um, but on the same time, you know, we don't want to get in the way of users who have been with us for the time and have figured it all out. So I think we need to sort of uh, figure that out. And whether that remains Scotty or something otherwise, we're going to answer that question down the line. Should he live or should he die? Oh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I think um, I think he should have reins put upon him. I think uh, he began running across the road and then kind of turned into a bit of a monster, didn't he? So I like Scotty in small doses. That's how I, that's how I see him. <laughs> you know, it's, it's fun seeing him on the top of uh, Hank's garage there. He's running around on the roof. So, Shane, they are thinking about the future of Scotty. I mean, they are thinking about the future of Scotty. They are aware that there is the Microsoft paperclip risk. I, I, I guess probably as a an old user, sorry, an experienced user, a veteran user, he just he doesn't impact on you at all, does he, really? But new users will see more of him. But, I mean, there is a navigation issue, isn't there? Yeah, look, I'm just thinking myself, like when you when you pair a smart trainer, there's a smart trainer, there's a control, you know, there's a controllable trainer, there's a power meter, they do autofill, but it's still a little confusing. And I've had a number of queries saying my new trainer isn't changing in resistance mode. I'm like, oh, have you done this and this? So there is some handholding that needs to happen, whether it's from the squirrel, I think bring back the banjo man. I think he'll be a wise old guy who can just creep into the screen and help you out and hook everything all up and away he goes again and off with his banjo. Maybe the world's smallest violin for a few other people online who get a bit angry every now and then. I don't know. <laughs> There's many ways you can solve it. It's software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, 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 true. Okay, all right. Well, uh, let's see what people think about my persecution of Scotty. I think, um, yeah, I think that may not be particularly popular, popular judging by uh, by the reaction from my fellows with casters. He does annoy me, but there you go. I'm easily annoyed. What um, about Danny the Cat? We could bring Danny the Cat who features on the Swift.com <laughs> website. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I prefer. He's just always unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> you can't figure this out. Always unimpressed. Yeah. <laughs> but but I would I'd take cat over squirrel every time. I have to say, but um, you know, uh, I think it's because I walk my dog in the park every day, and like I see loads of squirrels, and every time I see a squirrel, my dog chases it and never catches it. So. 
uh, I just I think I feel I've got too many squirrels in my life. Anyway, there we go. Um, right, boys, time to uh, wrap this one up. Nathan, just just before we go, I I have to pump you on this because you you've you've been at ZHQ and we are, you know we are seeing so much new stuff come out at the moment that I I feel it can't be long until there is a level beyond level twenty five, and we know one of the reasons that's been so so long delayed is it's going to be allied with. We think some kind of of, of of reward system is is that is that getting closer as far as you know? <laughs> I'm really excited. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, that's all I can do. I'm I'm super excited, you guys. That's all I got. Like, I, I wish. I mean, I am I'm really. <laughs> Shane, shall we shall we take that as a yes? Do you think from Nathan? Ah, look, as long as I don't come out with some Z Bitcoin blockchain initial coin offering <laughs> that's all the rage at the moment, that just confuses me. Um, who knows what's coming up? But um, yeah, if, I'm not sure how how much gamification can you put in something that 40 year old male and females play. I don't know mm. if that needs to, that needs to accommodate both sides of the coin, so to speak. Mm the gamers and the people who use it as a serious training tool. Because if you simplify it, if you gamify it, if you lolly it up way too much, people will be back at trainer road or Peloton if it provides a better experience. So mm-hmm. there's a very interesting balancing act there. But look, it's software and there's markets for both. So I'm keen to see what's coming up. If Nathan's excited, I'm excited. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that balance between game and training. I mean, it is the absolute eternal question on Zuit, isn't it? And every new feature you think, does it shift it slightly towards more towards gaming or does it shift it slightly more towards a serious training tool? I mean, can it, how long, how long can it continue to be both those things, Nathan? With every implementation of, of gamification, as long as it still implements also the enhancement of a training tool at the same time you can meld those two together really well and we have a new thing it's not like one or the other i think it's both and and uh i think that making training fun fitness fun the reason why we do this is because we used to watch netflix and stare at a garage wall and if zwift becomes the garage wall because it's not interactive and it's not gaming and it's not fun then people will leave zwift so i think actually people need more fun which is gaming more fun yeah well more fun is is a great path (laughs) through life is it not more fun we need more fun we need more fun we need more fun as we get fit yeah good points nathan really good points actually really excellent points um okay let's wrap this one up it's been uh it's been a slight technical challenge for me this one uh because i've uh, i've been using some new software so i hope uh video viewers don't uh spot the mistakes uh, i'll try my best to cover them up in the edit um shane just a really quick one what's coming up from uh from you uh in the next week or so on youtube always videos always videos always videos now they've been doing really well so my first ride video of the course um has over ten thousand views in the first day of the new new wow. uh, Mayan course. Um, there's obviously getting a lot of uh, hits on the DC Rainmaker article that I did a collab post with over on dcrainmaker.com. So that was pretty cool, working with Ray on that one about the Kona data. Um, so still looking at a lot of Strava stuff, looking at what devices people are using, demographics, uh, new bike stuff, new trainers. It's all happening. Yep, it's busy times. 
Good, good, good. Well, I'm sure we can catch up uh, with that on you. ZCL, Nathan, quick plug for ZCL before we go. Yeah, well, we obviously the Ecrit series, I mean, that's going to be Huge. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like we, yeah. we're going to cover yeah. the entire thing. So all the way up wow. to the live events, right? So uh, every Monday we got four broadcasts going on. Uh, it looks like we, uh, we, we're still hammering that out to see how it's going to work out to have all four of those plus the weekly windup. Sounds excellent stuff. Uh, sounds absolutely terrific. Uh, well done for both of you. And if anybody needs to find, wants to find either Shane or Nathan on the interwebs really easily, uh, ZCL Zwift Community Live is Nathan and GP Lama. Shane Miller, YouTube is Shane. Guys, thanks very much indeed for your time uh, on this very, very busy podcast. I mean, I feel actually there's a couple of things that that we could have talked about and didn't. And I also feel that, that, that there's, uh, we could have devoted like way more time to this, but there is uh, there is a limit to, to um, how much people are prepared to listen to or watch. And uh, unsurprisingly, people have busy lives. So we do try to keep the show to an hour, but it could easily have run too uh, this time. Um, boys, thanks very much indeed. Look forward to talking to you next time. And as ever, thank you to Zwift for the support that they give to the podcast. But remember viewers and listeners they don't influence what we say thanks for listening or watching thanks shane and nathan see you next time <laughs>